Voice of America, Washington, D.C., signing on. When the senses have... And it is 2100 Eastern Time. You know what that means? The virtual tavern on the air is open for business and we are lit live and loud, but not as lit as Hunter Biden was in that video, just in case you missed it. We're going to be talking, joking, and having one heck of a good time talking about that tonight. Of course, it is Sons of Liberty episode 70 on the air now, lit live and loud in the virtual Green Dragon Tavern on the air. And uh, it is really, really good to be with all of you. Got some things to talk about, some uh, business to discuss with all of you out there. We've got some new products. We have some new products that are in stock right now in the store. And uh, man, it I and and one of them, one of them I am announcing right now. Uh, right now, it is in stock. I don't have it up on the store yet, but I will here real, real soon. And we're gonna get some trigger time with it during the fighting carbine course this weekend. So there's gonna be a lot of pictures coming out of that, but a brand new to the market IR laser that is US made under a thousand dollars, get the same housing as a uh, uh, an EPEC PEC 15, right? Same type of polymer. And let me tell you something about this IR laser, why I'm so excited about it. It's under a thousand dollars. It is a visible and uh, infrared laser that are paired together, making zeroing them incredibly simple. This thing is extremely rugged. It is built here in the U.S. of A. And I have six of them in stock that I am sitting here looking at right now in flat dark earth and in black. And I've got a bunch more on the way as well as night vision. Uh, because I am a full-scale dealer now, uh, full-scale dealer. So I got everything that you might want or need is going to be coming out. Um, so I'm super, super excited about all this. Super, super excited. So excited about all this. Uh, the things I told you, I told all of you, do not doubt me, uh, to borrow a phrase from the, the late, great Rush Limbaugh, do not doubt me when I tell you that my goal is to become a clearinghouse for all you freedom fighters out there, for all you freedomistas out there, clearinghouse for everything that you're going to need, 
I mean exactly what I say. And I'm going to give you the best prices that you can get on the net. Why? Why? Because I can. That's why. Because this community made my book a number one bestseller. This community gave us over 15,000 subscribers to this podcast on Podbean alone. This community is the ones that sell out the classes, class after class after class. And I have people beating down the door trying to get waitlisted into, I don't do that. I don't do waitlists. Um, it, it's, it's just the nature of the game. Uh, I'm juggling enough chainsaws right now as it is. So that right there, uh, I am so excited. But let's talk about a couple of other products that are new in the store, uh, in stock right now. I want to talk about the Range Card, the brand new edition of the Ranger Card that is exclusive to me. These are things, in, uh, design implementations that I put into uh, the works that nobody else had done and nobody else is going to do. It is exclusive to me, okay? Um, and guess what? I have them in stock. So there's there's every once in a while, I'll get an email from some folks. And, oh, uh, are, you, do you, you know, are, are you actually shipping these or are they coming from somewhere else? Because I know that there was some little shit weasel out there that was selling a, a imitation product because guess what? They got me too, all right? They got me for $149. They got me and I never got anything in the mail. It was like soul attack or some bullshit like that. Right. They were advertising probably. Let me get, let, let me, let me tell you straight up. I have these in stock. I put my money down on these. I ordered them in bulk to make sure that I have them in stock. I am not doing, uh, I, I'm not doing any of that. Uh, you know, pay me now and it'll ship, you know, whenever we're not doing that. If I don't have a product in hand, it doesn't go up on my store. Period. Period. Because my integrity means everything to me, okay? Um, and, and giving everybody the best products, absolute possible, uh, absolutely possible, it is my primary goal. So let's talk about this new Ranger card. Uh, I talked about it last night with uh, Carl Erickson and uh, Emery Morgenstern and um, uh, the, the entire crew from... episode of uh the after show um so if you're a follower of chris weatherman uh, angry american um you know we, we his podcast was a heck of a lot of fun real real laid back and uh man we had a good time on the air and we were talking about a lot of stuff beings stand-up guys and um you know we talked about off air he's, he's extremely interested in this product man this this is really really innovative so let's talk about what the new one is and i was showing it off last night um the new one so the original ranger cards had rangefinders built into them right and and you know it's it's based on averages and it's a choke type rangefinder that you can utilize uh, to, to determine the range of, of different targets, you know, average size of a man, 1.8 meters, fence height, which is one meter, average height of an SUV, a semi truck, so on and so forth, right? Um, those are, are pretty awesome to have. 
And it's a very simple and effective tool for training people quickly. All right, you don't necessarily have time to be teaching people, uh, you know, mill relation formula and math in the field and everything else. You just need to get them to where they recognize things at specific distances and know what they are, right? And, um, you know, it's, it's, and understanding holdovers is really important too. So, one of the design features of the uh, Ranger micro card that I've carried in stock for a while now is not just a rangefinder, but also a bullet drop scale or a dope scale, right? Dope data on previous engagement. This is going to give you your holdover points. So I know uh, where my expected impact is going to be at a given distance. And then I can slide it up so I know where my holdover needs to be in order to hit my target, right? Um, so with that said, I said, you know, hey, let's take and combine these two things into one nice, neat package, right? One nice, neat package where, you know, you have your bullet drop compensator, your dope table in there, as well as... Um, you know, all your choke type range finders that are on there as well, right? And so you, you've got a hell of a good tool right there to use that is, you know, based on averages. I took it a step further. 556-762 five, five, six, NATO M80 ball. So 147 grain, full metal jacket, bow tail, uh, M80 ball. The trajectory on that is not that much different out of, uh, a 20 inch barrel, you know, depending on a few other factors, but, but rule of averages, your 168 grains, your 175 grains are definitely going to be in the ballpark as well. Just like with the five, five, six, um, that one is, is for the M four, a one, of course, as a uh, 14 and a half inch barrel, one in seven twists to stabilize a 62 grain, uh, uh, M eight fifty five and eight fifty five a one rounds right um but that being said 77 grain is is going to be a little bit flatter of a trajectory so it's it, it's it's not that much different to where you're going to be wildly off on that trajectory at those given distances right you're going to be in the ballpark you're definitely going to get a hit and a hit is a hit is a hit right um you're giving that guy a bad day and a potentially fatal wound you know hey that that's that's the name of the game right? Outranging your opponents. And so all of that's really, really good, right? All of that is really good to implement into one tool. But I took this a step further because as I was talking about last night on that podcast, you know, when I was in Afghanistan, we had GPS, uh, I carried a Garmin 60, the the old school uh, Garmin 60 CSX, I think was, was the nomenclature. I got it laying around somewhere around here, um, if it even works anymore. But um, we had those, of course, we had the dagger, which was uh, the army issue, uh, GPS receiver. And, you know, the, the thing was, was that we were very reliant on that technology. But the Iranians had begun at that point to interfere with that. And we had proof of that. And so for us, it was, hey, you know, we're, we're going to be using map and paper. That's the bread and butter of what we do anyway, that and communications uh, and marksmanship. Got to be able to move, shoot and communicate, right? And and focus on those fundamentals. And I'm telling you, there, there ain't no elite unit 
in, on the face of the earth that doesn't focus on those fundamentals, like all the sexy, cool guy kit and looking badass and all this stuff. Like, you know, hey, man, that like that's all really good and well, too, but you can look the part all day long. If you ain't got the skills and the experience to back it up, you ain't nothing but a poser, right? Maybe. Man, super dead air, huh? Where's Johnny when you need him? He just showed up. Oh, speak of the devil. Perfect timing. To this as well for one in 24,000, one in 25,000. So one in 24,000 for UTM maps, one in 25,000 for MGRS, um, and one in 50,000 for the larger scale MGRS maps. They're covering a, a significantly larger area. And so you've got plot pointers now in the corners of each one of those corners on there so that you can use that. You can use it as a distance tool. You know, uh, map reading and land navigation. I sell the field manual on brushbeater.store. Um, it, it is one of the best selling books that is on there. And I'm very, very glad to see that. Uh, very glad to see that. Now, Mech Medic, you in the comments saying, I thought UTM MGRS was the same thing. Shame on you, motherfucker. You're coming up next, and I'm going to break your balls for that. You know it. Although I know you know, and that's an inside joke. Um, but I'm waiting on Dolio to get in here because he, he'll get that joke too. Um, he heard he heard me uh, absolutely uh, rant and scream at the wall about that one. Um <laughs> but uh anyhow anyhow um that product is up now and again that is exclusive to brush beater training and consulting available only on brush store that is mine all right that is my design and that is the one that i'm bringing to market and i think without a doubt without fail that is the best incarnation of that tool that exists based on my own feedback and the feedback that came from all of you out there and uh, what you said you wanted in the perfect card. And there it is. All right, there it is. And I'm going to tell you, I got enough of them to this time around to where I hope, I hope that I don't sell out of them in, in a day. But I'll tell you, um, you know, I know uh, Podbean's a little bit limited in, in some of the things that we can do uh here and it's it's not all cool like it is on on uh you know youtube or rumble or whatnot but let me tell you uh when i put these in stock yesterday so literally um maybe a little bit more than 24 hours time i'm gonna tell you right now let me pull we have sold exactly 50 of them exactly 50 which is wild uh, that is absolutely wild. So they are going crazy. Uh, people are going crazy over this thing. It is going quick. And, you know, when, when you've got some heavy hitters out there, guys like Carl Erickson, I mean, this dude was a, um, he was a SF sniper 
course instructor for a, a significant amount of time. Uh, he's extremely well regarded in that community. Um, you know, when, when you have a guy like uh, Sue that was on last night, uh, Sue is going to be jumping the, the absolute most legendary uh, SF guy of them all. Uh, who sadly passed a, a few months ago, but um, uh, Billy Waugh, uh, Sergeant Major Billy Waugh, and, and some of y'all have heard me talk about him in the past, but you know he's jumping his ashes in. We were talking about that off air. He's going to be jumping his ashes in, uh, you know, down, down somewhere in uh, the, the great uh, state of Pineland uh, in and around Fort Bragg. Yeah, it'll always be Fort Bragg, by the way. So, you know, when, when these guys are, are really, really proud of this product and, and they're giving their nod of approval, I mean, these are the war chiefs, in in my opinion. These these are the guys that I shut up and I listen to because, you know, I've, I've done some things, but they've done it all. They they were the, the progenitors of all this. And, and I take their feedback um, it with with and criticism if if you receive it, you know, yeah, I, I'll take criticism from someone who who is my superior, um, you know, and this, I'm sure some of you out there are going to chuckle at that one because you've you've seen me uh, mess with some other folks. And, um, you know, it's not a sales pitch for this. Obviously, I just told you these, these products are selling for the selling themselves. Um, but what I'm explaining to you is, is why it is designed the way that it is. The design implementation, thoughts on it, where my, my head is when it, where my head was when we were designing. And I'm very, very proud to be uh, implementing it into my own kit and, and to offer it to all of you out there as well. Um, you know, and that's what we're doing. It's a whole point behind the store. Uh, I've got coax cable up now. Uh, I've got a few other connectors that are that are out there. Uh, slowly but surely, all the stuff that I have uh, is trickling in now. And I told you, again, uh, 17 minutes into this thing, I told you that... By the end of the summer, I was going to be a clearinghouse for all of the products that you're going to need, right? You've got the weapons. You have the weapons, okay? And I'm sure that most of you out there are going to be buying more, right? Click the link for Palmetto State Armory, for Aero Precision, um, you know, for, for uh, our affiliates out there and, and support us a little bit in that. Uh, I understand that Palmetto State Armory is launching the uh, 762 NATO Sabre line tomorrow. Uh, got that little little uh, sneak peek of that. They've got a 13.7 inch barreled variant of the AR-10 that is going to be launching. And hopefully, hopefully, I'm going to be uh, the proud owner of one of those. launching these IR lasers onto the world because I think that these are going to become the hot item. Uh, I have had one on hand that I've been running on, on a G for some time now. 
and I think that it is it is one hell of a tool. Um, I'm very loath to call things game changers, but for running an IR laser on the AK, everything was kind of a compromise. This fixes all of that. Um, you know, having something that has uh, such a low profile like this one has, the only other way you're going to get a low profile like that is out of like a, a B.E. Myers Mall. And B.E. Myers Mall, you're talking, you know, 3500 bucks or more. This is coming in at 895 So, and it's 100% American made. That's the thing that I am so, so proud. And I am working with the company directly on this. Um, and I'm going to be, uh, I'm dealing for their night vision and their thermal arm as well. So some of the best products that, that we can bring to market, we are bringing to market on an uh, effort to give you the best out there. And thus far, um, looks like we've, we have been able to do that, been able to do exactly that. So now that I've talked for 20 minutes, introducing these products, uh, here we go. All my cohort is in here in the house tonight. First in the shoot, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Mech Medic. What's up, bro? Hey, not a whole lot. Sitting back and enjoying some, uh, Ice cold hummingbird hells. Mm. Hellas, however the hell you say it. Hellas. Hellas Bach. Hellas. Hellas Bach. Yes, sir. It's brewed here in the great state of North Carolina. Absolutely. Down in Whitson. Damn fine beer. Down in Whitson. It is. It's awesome. It's <laughs> awesome. It's delicious. I'm enjoying a fine dosa key. Uh, dosa key is is nice, light, refreshing, hydrating. Because mm -hmm. uh, it's gonna be hot this weekend, man. It's gonna oh, be hot. good lord! It's, it's been hot be this hot. week. God almighty! <clears throat> man, I was I was down in the low grounds at the range, getting stuff set up down there. Man, so this, this is going to be rough, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's when you actually want it to rain a little bit for class. Not a lot. <laughs> but just a, like a little bit. You just want like a cooling mist, you know? Ugh. So, um, but the, the problem is around here, when you get a little rainstorm, it cools it off for just a few minutes, and then the humidity then level muggy. just like shoots. Yeah. <laughs> oh swampy. man, just swampy. Man, I was yeah, I was wearing my my thick cowboy cut Wranglers, you know, and like they they they've got like mm -hmm. twenty ply thickness to them, you know. I mean, I love wearing them because when you you're running around in briars and stuff, they don't get all ripped up, but. Whew, that was a little swamp yeah. down south. I'm just saying. I had to come yeah, they seal in the flavor. Man. It's always nice when you shove <laughs> a, a nice Fromunda vinaigrette by lunch. One of them good field, field cheeses. 
You gotta get a, a credit card to scrape it off. Or that that has uh, been sparked in the, the White House, um, the White House, <laughs> where apparently Tony Montana is also residing. Uh, <laughs> it was Corn Pop's brother, Blow Pop. Uh, he's a bad dude. I heard he was uh, a bad real dude. Bad Blow dude. Pop's a bad dude. Man. Yeah, he's a real bad dude. His brother. Yeah, cocaine you know. in the White House, man. Like, what? <laughs> He's pretty bad too. Both I just want to know, like, like, did he, did he bring it in a balloon? Like, how did he get it in there? For had, sure. How did he get it past? I've been in the White House. I have taken no, a that, tour of the was... White House. I have been, and man, he had to get it in. He had to put it in a little balloon. Little party balloon. Apparently, according to a prior uh, Secret Service agent, only the family members are exempt from the security checkpoints. Oh, which means well, you know that I thing was like... sitting in the the inside pocket of a of a blazer jacket, fresh out of a I'm Porsche that had just been doing one seventy eight on the way to Vegas. Mm. Oh, everyone! I'm gonna tell you the. I've seen some people zooted up in my time. As Johnny Paratrooper can attest, we watched them people <laughs> in the parking lot, food line. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> that man, that couple was up. messed up. They're messed they up. They were fucked up. They were I mean, unrolling all the seatbelts and then rolling all the seatbelts back up and then unrolling yeah, them. That, that girl, well, first thing I noticed, what, what a attracted my attention to him was is that this girl didn't have no pants on. Um, she had a shirt on. No pants. No pants. And I was, I was looking. We were going up there to buy beer, and I was looking, and I said, uh, is she just got a short skirt on, or what the hell's going on here? And then I realized she didn't have no underwear on, either. I'm talking, she didn't have, she didn't have no underwear. She didn't have no G string, won't no thong, won't nothing, nothing. She didn't have nothing, cause they were they they had they were in a Jeep Cherokee, and they were trying to put something on the top of it, and then they were like running around. It was like a like you know like they they're running around. Well, I'll tell you making what Making circles happened. around this Jeep, putting stuff on the top, and like rolling the seat belts up, and then unrolling them. It's like what the hell are they doing? And she didn't they, she didn't have no pants on. You know, somebody it, the the guy or the girl finished the bag and they were like on the hunt for the bag. They were both pretending they lost yeah. it or something. Is my best yeah. bet. Yeah. Well, you got to get those yeah, little crumbs was, I mean, that like stick in the corners of the bag. Yeah, I mean it was it's fascinating to watch drugs from afar. <laughs> well, I mean you, you don't you don't want to get close to them. You know, you, you keep your distance, but they're entertaining to watch from afar. You know, this is like, oh, this is this is good shit. <laughs> like, uh, I have statement. I've come to it is. I, so there is a new thing on social media that I think is going to be the next million dollar enterprise. 
It's it's it. This is better than bum fights, man. Y'all remember bum fights? Y'all remember <laughs> bum fights? I love bud bum fights. Oh my god! Any, any of y'all remember that? Oh yeah, that video was awesome. Bum bum fights, where they would they they paid homeless people to fight each other. Well, they got one that's better than that now. They got one that's better than that. They are taking drones. And I mean, I know that it was it was probably some 16, 17 year old kid that came up with this. Right. He he or she, you know, don't don't want to be misogynistic on this show. We're equal opportunity here. Um, you know, even though affirmative action. I'm is out of here more. then. But um, kids genius. Kid is absolute genius. I hope that they I hope that they make make millions of dollars and it just stack cash off of this. They took a drone. And they are chasing crackheads with a drone and filming it and putting it up. They're putting it on TikTok. They're putting it on YouTube. This shit is gold. You have got to look at this. You have got to look this up. Um, they take drones and they are YouTube chasing crackheads around. YouTube immediately pulls it out. Crackheads drone hunting. Yes! Yes! It's, oh my god! It's the it best! Is <laughs> Chasing crackheads and then That's how you know it's popular when the search like auto populates before you can finish typing it. You know the video yes. is trending. <laughs> this is the greatest. I mean. You know, you you get to see it all, man. You get to see the crackheads like cussing in crackhead speak. Like you, you know, you need if if you ever been around a crackhead, you know that you you have to decipher what they're saying. Like they need they need to come equipped with subtitles because you don't understand shit that they're saying. <laughs> Scout, I don't mean to interrupt. The first thirty seconds of this video, this crackhead bitch picks up a stick and runs. <laughs> <laughs> shit is too funny they're swinging bags at it you gotta watch it guys if you're listening immediately youtube this it's too good like they need to they need to have them with it they put like a doll Watch the fun. It's gold, man. It is gold. Is I could skip my making fun of druggies the... is never, never, ever gonna get old. It's never gonna get old. No, never, never. I remember when the bum fights guy, like the the whole film crew that was doing bum fights, like they were getting sued. People were saying, "Oh, that's inhumane to do that." Bullshit. Ain't inhumane. Bum fights, man. Do you, you know, remember when they tried to get him on Doctor Phil, and he shaved his head to look yeah. like Doctor Phil? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then hey. went on the show. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, dude, dude, it is it is a choice in America to be homeless. Is it like it's a choice? You choose that life. They they got. Man, they got Section Eight. I'm telling you, 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 you if, if you are homeless in America, you chose that life for yourself. You know, 
I mean, I knew guys. I knew guys that you whatever they have fallen out with their family, whatever they they. I knew one guy in particular. He's a buddy of mine. He lived in his Jeep for a little while. Just you know, but they it just it was what it was. It wasn't it wasn't like he he made a lifestyle out of it. You know, and just yeah, and, and and it was a choice. You know, and and then he chose not to be homeless, and he wasn't anymore. You know, it was just that. You know, but. He won't, He was never a bum. I mean, he kind of he was getting close to bum territory. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Oh shit, we gotta get, we gotta get on with the introduction. We're thirty minutes into this thing. Alpha Charlie Concepts, Mister Hawkeye himself, the YouTube star. What's up, man? Oh, same shite, different day. Just sitting here trying to trying to get work done. You know the deal. <laughs> Your volume is just a tad low. Oh uh, well. What about now? You can cut your mic volume up a little bit. It might I see the little microphone icon and you can cut it up. Yeah, I'm trying. You have to give me a second to get it figured out here. I'm on my tablet and it ain't got a whole lot of uh, adjustment. Hmm. Well, we'll get it sorted out. Get Moving down the line, Johnny Paratrooper. Yes, sir. I would also like a saber. Johnny. You there, buddy? I'm here. What's up, man? Yeah. I would like the PSA saber as well. That seems like a pretty, pretty slick rifle. I'm on the list, man. I'm on the list. It looks bad. I'm, uh, I'm willing to give the AR-10 platform another shot with this rifle. Um, a lot of uh, in, you know internal conversations. I think I've had this conversation with a few of y'all. Um, I'm not a fan of the AR-10. It, it's um, had some bad experiences with the, uh, the M one ten and, um, you know, kind of chalked that up to issues that the M one ten, when it was initially fielded had. And, uh, then, then got another, uh, weapon in that family, um, and, uh, purchased it. And that was a privately owned firearm and had nothing but problems, uh, nothing but problems with that thing. So, um, I don't know, man, it soured me on that for a long time. And so, you know, when I was, um, you know, with, with 308, uh, 762 NATO, uh, I just stick to bolt guns. That's, you know, I've, that, that's pretty much right. it. I mean, I've got an FAL, I've got a couple of M14s, as y'all know, um, you know, or, well, M1As, quote unquote, I've got a national match one, and then I've got another one that's been, you know, all, all, uh, started out as a stock GI and it, I've, I've kind of just tinkered with it and made it a, a really nice rifle. Um, but typically when I'm looking for precision, it's bolt guns. Uh, you know, Dave Laux MR30 got one of those and, uh, I rammed his 700s, but, um, that are, you know, got five R barrels on them and, uh, so on and so forth. And, and that's kind of, you know, been it. So I'm interested to see this. Uh, a lot of people are thinking, you know, why the hell would you want a 13.7 in 7.62 by 51? And I'll tell you why. 
um, tell you why. So when you're running a suppressor on it, it is unsuppressed. Yeah, that thing's going to be heinous, uh, absolutely heinous. Like that's that's a lot of uh, blast. It's a lot of concussion coming off of that. But um, running it suppressed, that's going to be one hell of a good coyote gun. Um, not that five five six isn't around here. Seven seven grain, I can attest personally that it, it works real well. But um, you know, seven six two NATO is is just going to be that much better. And uh, you know, running a, a barrel that short with the can on it, um, you know, dead air is one of the better ones on the market. Um, that that's that's a hell of a package, man. That is, that is a hell of a package right there. So we shall see. I'm looking forward to it. What uh, what kind of range do you, you expect out of that with a suppressor on it? Suppressed? I don't know, man. Or well, um, what kind of optic with a suppressor? Talking about like a so I'd be like running a, a one to six. Yeah, I, I'd okay. I'd run a one to six on it. Um, so you're talking like what AR ranges, doing... but like it's a three oh eight instead of a five five six. Yeah, what I may end up doing, uh, one of the thermals that I have in the works that, that I'm going to be offering, uh, which is weapons mounted, I'm going to be. Ooh, I don't know what I if I want to know what he's going to do with it, if they're censoring him. Yeah, they came for him with a quickness. Yeah. I have my fighting load out that I'm going to quote unquote like go to war with if if that time arises and so um like this specifically what I'm looking for is is a nasty ass coyote gun um that that I can run like I have a PVS 30 that I mount on uh Remington 700 that I've got with uh the Mars rail or it's a it's um MDT's version of the the old Remington Mars rail, like they have got one. So you've got a rail that that runs um, uh, sixteen inches out from the receiver, and I've got a PVS thirty that I can mount up there. But the problem with that is, is friggin' that 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 setup is ridiculous, man. Like it is that is a ridiculously heavy setup, and uh, I think just in in twenty twenty three. You know, the, the whole uh, Remington 700, the M24 uh, Mars system was really a product of the mid-2000s. I mean, and, and, you know, we're almost 20 years removed from that. Um, if, if I can do better in a semi-auto platform that, that's lighter weight, more man-portable, um, not as kludgy in the woods, you know, obviously doesn't make noise because, you, you know, you're hunting at night. Um, it's just going to be a, it's a better package, man. And uh, maybe, maybe just maybe, if, if it works out, awesome. Uh, you know, take it down to Texas later in the year and uh, kill some hogs with it, too. So, my only concern with that would be, like, I have an AK. So, like, I mean, I get you probably, you, you know, it's 308, so it's definitely going further than a 539. But, like, you know, yeah. what's the real... 
They're all that short. Like, they, they're going to be about the same. Yeah. So, like, that's the thing. Like, that's a lot more weight to carry around. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's it three weights, so it's definitely going to slap harder even at those rates. The same range is still going to hit way harder. Yeah. For me, it's um, it's just loading the the uh, hand loads and and running hand loads in it. So yeah, that's uh, a good point. Three like weights, pretty common. Yeah, <clears throat> like all my hand loading stuff set up for three oh eight. The so, the selection of hunting rounds it opens up to you is yeah, why you. That's would a good point. It. Yeah, I mean the. ELDs alone. Uh, so numerous. ELDs are, are a particularly nasty round in deer. Um, you know, I, I hadn't I hadn't had to track too many deer with those. Any that I recall. Uh, so that's you know, and and everybody I know that's that's run ELDs in either uh, uh, thirty out six or or three oh eight. It's 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 put them down. Um, and so with hogs, that's something. I mean, seven sixty by thirty nine is certainly up to the task. I, I, I mean, I love that, and I think everybody here knows that. Uh, I love that round, but um, you know, it, it's it's just something different, and, and it's it's something that I think is going to be pretty cool. And and for me, it's it's going to be a nice hobby um, to play around with. I think it's it's cool what Palmetto State is doing. Uh, I'm real excited with with the uh, the saber line. And, um, you know, it's, it's good stuff. I'm excited for what they're doing. But uh, anyway, getting on with the introductions. Mr. Joe Dolio, TacticalWisdom.com. I finally found my headphones so I can actually be on. Uh, I was busy packing things. Man, I'm doing all right. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Hello, hello. Can you all... Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you. You you can? All right, man. Uh, was struggling trying to get on here because I couldn't uh, find my headphones because I've been packing for this trip I'm taking and uh, neglected to find my headphones for the show tonight. So here we are. Ready to rock. I think we lost scalp. I can hear you, Joe. Okay, I was wondering if I was connected at all or not. Yeah, no, I could hear you the whole time. He's all right, sweet. Now, so far, so I yeah, getting rid of that. Y'all can finally hear me. I'm getting ready yeah, to. Uh, yeah, we can hear you, John. I don't know why you're here because you're you're bringing down our bar, bro. Bring it down the bar. It's not our connection. It's, you you're already here, so it can't get much lower. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> That's, that's another guy who needs to be bayoneted. That's another guy who needs to be bayoneted. I'm what movie okay. is that from? What hey, movie is here. that from? I know what makes the green grass grow. Yes, right. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's gonna be one of them shows tonight, huh? Oh yeah, it uh, is. It's gonna be. It's a full it, house. Forty-five really minutes in. <laughs> Speaking of so, making green grass grow. In Maryland, we legalized recreational marijuana. <laughs> Dude, Five be prepared for like Walmart to smell like weed because that's all that happens here. Just well, not. It already does, kind of brown. Yeah. yeah. 
It, you know what he does? Where are you living to where Walmart don't smell like weed when you go in there? Listen, Canton Township is an upscale community, or it was until we had uh, marijuana uh, legalization. I'm a little disappointed. Man, when I was up there, doesn't smell like marijuana. Well, listen though, it makes me long for the for the days when I lived with Allah's boys over in Dearborn. I might have to go back over there. They don't they don't play that game over there. I <laughs> tell you, Brighton, Brighton, Michigan reminded me of Danville, Virginia, and and that yeah. is not a good thing. That is not a good thing at all. Um, yeah, that like, used to be a nice community. It's kind of turning now. So, yeah, yeah. it's like ooh, you know when when you see. When you see guys running around with like the the pea yellow hair dye that, that like screamed Slim Shady nineteen ninety nine and and homeboy's got a couple of Chinese tattoos on his neck, you know damn well he don't read Chinese. It's like It says Mugu oh, Guy Pan. <laughs> that sounds like the neighborhood. Yeah, what it says is dumb. White boy, he's got that's he's what got extra saying. large fried rice to go tattooed on his back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some young guy, dumbass white boy, dumbass. Yeah. You white just described my neighborhood that I grew up in. The whole thing. I just yeah. described my except for I, Chinese I grew tattoos up getting with, like family and uh, yeah. respect tattooed on their neck and their arms. Yeah. Yep. Respect, or uh, only <laughs> yeah. God will judge me. Only God yeah, will judge me. No, motherfucker, like you yeah. you got some judgments on you. Some other people. Nothing says I'm a hoe like only God can judge me on a tattoo. It, it's yeah. funny when you yeah. meet those guys and they're in this phase where they've decided they're important, and it's like, hey, you know, Frank, what's up? And he'd be like, you know, business, and it's like. You don't do anything. I live across the street from you. You haven't left your house in two weeks. You ain't doing nothing. Hell no. Hey, he's got he's got to sell all those catalytic converters he stole. They're too dumb to even do that. (laughs) (laughs) That's my face. If you know, you know. They're they're busting open. They're busting open. Well, when I was growing up, you used to have to pay like. I think it was like a quarter or something to get a shopping cart at one of the supermarkets nearby. And they'd go at like the middle of the night and bust that open. And then, yeah, they'd get like, I don't know, $15 or something in quarters. And then, yeah, they acted mm. like they were like bugging. I'm like, dude. No, there's this dude who was telling me about his 3D printing. He's like, I'm 3, 3D printing a quarter for the Aldi's cart thing. I'm like, bro. By the time you 3D print that, just put the quarter and you get it back. Wow. Just get a fucking quarter, man. Like, how? The mind of a hood rat is a complex thing to understand. Everything's a heist (laughs) to them. It's always a heist. That's why heist movies are so popular. Like, Fast and the Furious. We grew Madman and I grew up in the same neighborhood. There were gangs of kids that looked like Eminem and walked off and acted oh, yeah. like them. Now yes. this is not yes. walking off yes. and acting we like fought from every Detroit. single one of them. But see that dude. 
This phenomenon is why Kwame Kilpatrick got reelected in Detroit, right? He got busted for running a, a, a construction scam and for stealing two police motorcycles and hiding them in his garage. And everyone in Detroit's like, I would do it if I could. I'm totally reelecting that dude. And, uh, you know, then, then they're like, oh, my God, he stole all of our money. <laughs> gotta respect got the hustle. On our mind. <laughs> How, you gotta respect the hustle, man. It's the hustle. <laughs> Dude, the Fast and the Furious kids used to crack me up, man. They'd get like some piece of shit Honda Civic and put a giant Bam. fucking wing on it. It's like, alright, dude, this don't make no sense. You know that you got a front wheel drive car. So why'd you put a wing on it that is lifting? They or or bringing down the back whoa, end, whoa, whoa, it's lifting whoa, 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 the front whoa. end up. Listen, like, come on, you man! Have to attend a sophomore year of high school to understand that level of physics. That's just ah, that's asking I mean, too much. It's asking too much. Bro. Your your expectations are too high. I'm yeah, telling you, Johnny they put the cold air like intake on. Yeah, not uh, probably like one of ten that made it out of our neighborhood that we grew up in. Everybody else is still there. They just don't look the same because they're all drugged up and like shriveled into nothing. Yeah, they look like raisins. They're still driving the same cars from us. The exact (laughs) same car. This one dude, yeah, had a Toyota Tercel fifteen years ago. I drove through my old neighborhood the other day. Still has the same exact Toyota Tercel. Dude, you can't even get a Toyota Tercel, can you? No, I don't make those anymore. <laughs> They're good cars because I know that motherfucker doesn't drink oil. Let's speak to the quality of Toyota. Fifteen <sighs> years, one oil change. That's some. That's some third world quality right there. You know. Yeah, but to be fair, that dude probably Damn. drives like three miles a week. <laughs> My that dude can't afford gas. <laughs> My cupcake. The Toyota Tercel is the Toyota Hilux of Fast and Furious cars. I'm going to go on and say it right now. Oh, yeah. Tercel with blacked out <laughs> windows and a wing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Goes at 80 miles an hour oh if you're going God. downhill at a 3% grade. Man. I love it. I love white trash. Like, I love... Somebody was in the comment section saying shit on Danville some more. Danville, Dan, Danville is the king of of white trash. Just, like, it. at one time, it was... It, I, now, I know that, that that could be said for a lot of places, but in Southern Virginia, that is... Danville is primo. Uh, primo. South Boston... Close, it's, that's close. It's just not as big. And Martinsville, eh, Martinsville is the strange cousins to the west that are, that are all f- sleeping with each other. But if they got a racetrack, at least, at least they got a racetrack. Man, Danville, no, no. I, no. I drove through Danville after curiosity, like it was like the second time I was down there at the G camp. I was like, you know what? Mm. I'm I'm down here. I might as well just drive through Danville. And holy shit, yeah. You have an exaggerated award. I know. I, I ran in there no. to, to find no, the... No, uh, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. Dude, I, I ran in there to not. find something for that poison ivy, and um, there were a lot of women in there looking for skin rash treatments. I'm just going to say that tells you something about the quality of the oh, town. Stop. I just heard through. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. He, nah, don't stop. Don't stop. Mm-mm. Nah, man. I mean, there's some there's some nice stuff in Danville. A few nice things. <laughs> the there exit are far and few in between. <laughs> the exit <laughs> well, so, so, so I got to tell you, man. I got to tell you all this story. So I got to tell this story. Uh, Java Clayton and comment, y'all ever been to West Memphis? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. So um, let me tell you about Southside Danville. So uh, I, had, I had a couple of people come to class. And uh, one of them was, you know, he, he's kind of a big shit talker anyway. And I mean, I, I love him to death. But, um, you know, it, it, and I could just I could tell first few minutes of talking to this guy, he's a big shit talker. And uh, he's talking about growing up in, in Philly off Kensington Avenue and how rough it is and everything. And yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've heard stories about Kensington Avenue. It's pretty rough. And uh him him and this other guy wanted to go get some beer, right? So I said, okay, it's after dark. Do not drive. When you go into Danville, do not drive past the Valero station. Don't go. Don't eat that's that's where you're gonna get your beer. You you want to buy beer, that's where you go. You get your beer. Don't drive into Danville past there, right? What'd they do? They went past there. So they come back. It took them a little while. They come back. And they were like, man, dude, you won't line. I said, where'd y'all go? He said, I don't know where we went, man, but it was this place. And all, you couldn't see inside the store because there was just pe- there was pictures of fried chicken in the windows. And, and, and I, I said, I, said ah, I know exactly where y'all went. Y'all were on South Main Street. I know exactly where y'all went. And uh old, old dude from Kensington Avenue is telling me, he's like, man, I went in there and it was like I was back in Philly because they said you needed to take a piss. They said, nah, can't can't use the bathroom. They got a padlock on the bathroom. And he's like, there was a hooker standing out there. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um you you were you you were in the the good part of town, uh, the very good part of town. Everybody knows to avoid. Everybody, everybody knows. Stay the hell out of there. Um, not that is not the place you want to be at night. And and you know it, it's every city has them. Every city has that part of town, but that one is is extra spicy. And uh, the the thing about Danville is, is you don't know. Like you, you don't know you, you would be the Danville, Danville, uh, Durham, North Carolina is another one like that, where you could be on a good block and you go one block over and all of a sudden, uh-huh. you're and you, you don't know, like you, you don't. And if you don't know, you ain't going to know. Like, yeah. like, for example, you could be in one part of town. You cross over two streets. Next thing you know, you're looking around and ain't nothing in English no more. And you're like, oh, what the fuck? Well, like, do, do you remember our trip to the brewery there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I oh, yeah. not forget it. We almost got carjacked. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, at, right at the stoplight. Right at the stoplight. When I drove through Danville, I looked around and I was like, man, this is exactly like Baltimore City. It felt so much like Baltimore that I actually wasn't uncomfortable because yeah. when I worked in Baltimore, I was in like the hood all the time. So I speak hood rat. Yeah. 
And I was like, man, I feel like I could probably get out of the car and walk around and like probably be like yeah. semi okay. <laughs> you know, like Yeah, I, I mean like, it you know this is the exact it's... same shit. It's just like you know, everybody's taking care of their house, you know, like they might not have the greatest houses, but they they, they try to take care of it. And then the next block's just like boarded the, up shithole. The 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 section you saw, they were trying to take care of their houses. But I could take you to some other parts of damn. Oh no, I, I, I took a couple. <laughs> I took a few left turns. Kinda, you know, went down a couple blocks, took a left turn, went down more blocks, took a left turn. You know, I kind of mm. got a little lay of the land, and I was like, mm. "Yeah, this is this is pretty on par with Baltimore. I mean, smaller. Mm. You know, yeah, not as many as uh, big." Not as many African nations uh, spray painted on the door on the plywood doors, but mostly, yeah, it was it was pretty similar to Baltimore. Yeah, you, I mean, you got it all, man. You you got you got the white meth heads, peel heads, crackheads. It's I mean, it's it's the United Nations of of debauchery. <laughs> you got it all. Oh yeah, you you got it all. I love there. my I love my white trash mm. meth heads, man. They're my favorite. They can't help it, man. They can't help it. They're just I mean, hanging out. Those man. Cavaliers are not going to drive themselves. The Z twenty four, baby. Z twenty four. Z twenty four is a race car. Got a race car. That Ultima isn't going to cam out its fucking wheels on the yeah, you gotta stance it, and then the, the white Cavalier and then get towed, and then not have the money to get your car out of the towing. The white Cavalier with like the purple, yellow, and orange little pinstripe shit down the side—that thing's fast. Hell yeah! Y'all don't know. It ain't fast as a cop cruiser, though. I seen that in oh, person. The old, the old Crown Vicks. I seen that in person, man. So we, we, this has been a long time ago now, but in class, <clears throat> in class, it was, uh, I want to say it was like the first or second advanced RTO that I ran, but we saw a no shit police chase. Like, yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah. 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 You, you were there. Yeah. I was there. there. Fuck yeah. 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 Dude. And I was like, so, so dude, so this car goes booking it by and it was like a, it, I'm pretty sure it was a Cavalier. It, I mean, it was it was red. It's like it was either a Cavalier <laughs> or um, it was one of the Hondas, like like a late '90s like Honda Civic that was all like Fast and Furious out, right? You know, white trash. The other, the alternate white trash chariot, and uh, dude goes blazing by, doing like. 110, 120, and this is not a road that uh, you would want to uh, go uh, that fast on. Let me just tell you, it's, it's not, mm-mm. It's not the old problem. Anyway, yeah, nah. So, so see a sheriff's deputy chasing him, right, going by right behind him, booking it, you know, in, in his Dodge Charger, lights on, everything. Then another one goes by. And we, You know, we've got class going on, and, we, you know, we're building antennas, doing our thing. We're like, oh, shit. I said, I'm going to tell y'all exactly where he's fixing the wreck. And I told him there, there's a hairpin turn that's uh, about a mile and a half from where we were. And I said, he's going to have a wreck right there. Go for sure as shit. A mm-hmm. um, couple of people that were in class, they were like, 
we got to go see this just to just to like see he had a wreck right there he went he he uh couldn't take the turn went right into the woods and uh we saw the ambulance going with no lights on and i was like oh shit. well the, the, the funniest part made, about the whole thing was what he did the, the guy goes by and scout goes uh, i know who that is and the first sheriff's deputy goes by and goes, I know who that yeah. is, too. Oh, yeah. And the second sheriff's deputy goes by and goes, I know who that is, too. Yeah. That's when he says, I know exactly yeah. where he's going to wreck. And then we saw the ambulance and we're just like, uh, shit. All right. Well, you were right. I think it was uh, <laughs> J-Mac that went up there to check it out. Yes, we were right. just like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Yep. It was, uh, man, it was it was something. Um, yeah, old boy totaled that car. I knew who it was. Uh, I didn't. I didn't want to give away too much, but yeah, I, I knew who it was. I knew who the the uh, couple of deputies that were chasing him too. Uh, so yeah, it was it was some real live Duke's Hazard shit happening out there. Like, like damn man, damn. But uh, it's good. It was good. It was all around good. But uh, anyway, man, been bullshitting for an hour. We gotta get some work done. Patriot man, you you popped up in here. You the last one in the shoot, my dude. Yeah, 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 man. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll make it quick. I um, I was playing around for the first half of the show with a uh, piece of equipment you sent me a pic of, and I had to get one. The the uh, GTAC B300. Yeah, it's uh, it's um, yeah. tough book. Uh, I ha- I have a Panasonic CF31. And I have an old police CF-19, but this one came with a uh, solid state drive. It came with uh, its touchscreen, and it came with the GPS software. So I was playing around with it, and um, I'm indoors right now, so it was a little off. Uh, it had me a little bit in, the, in, in uh, a, a different direction than where I was, but uh, I'll tell you, man, this thing is blazing fast, and I was just kind of yeah. breaking down. I want to get it set up for the um, for anyone who's going to the RTO Advanced RTO SIGENT course. I'll be down there. I'm bringing all my uh, I'm bringing my connector box, bringing both my laptops down. Um, if you can, if you're listening, bring a um, flash drive. I got some files for you, and uh, just bring a whole bunch of equipment down for that. So I was just kind of I just got it today, so I fired it up to see what it was, and it was everything I was hoping it would be and more. Uh, and it was only four hundred bucks off eBay, and it said it has some scratches from normal use. I'll, I'll tell you, this thing looks like it's brand fucking new. So um, yeah. it's a lot cheaper. You know, I'm looking at Panasonics that are older right now on eBay. As I figured, I was going to bring this up. They're twice the price. Um, so I don't have a lot of time. Obviously, I just got it today. But so far, man, this thing is, I mean, I'm looking at one right now, a GTAC B300, fourth gen, uh, uh, Core i7 Intel, eight gigabytes RAM, two terabytes solid state drive, new battery, 400 bucks plus $30 shipping. So um, obviously I want to get some more hands on with it, particularly down at the RTO course. But um, yeah, that's what I've been doing the first half of this podcast. We're just playing around with it. We can get your setup with the Kraken that I've got. I uh I got the antenna array in today for the Kraken. So oh, hell yeah. I'm be playing with that. You have a Kraken. Um <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah, I've got a Kraken. Shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to hear that you like that GTAC cuz I've been looking at them and I didn't uh I didn't want to pull the trigger cuz I didn't know if they were going to be junk or not. So uh, I'm telling you this thing the, 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 the reason I got it my Panasonic was slow. My CF31 was just—I was running Windows Seven. I mean, it was—it's not the worst hardware on it. It really isn't. It's just running slow. 
And this thing is probably the fastest computer that I own. Um, and I have a custom built PC I'm looking down at right now. And this thing is the fastest computer that I own right now. And like I said, mine had GPS in it. It has the slot if I want to put a 3G or 4G SIM card in it. So I don't have to work off Wi-Fi. I can work off cell towers if I wanted to. Um, and I, it hasn't been connected to the internet yet or anything. Because uh, I got to do a lot of stuff to it before it even gets to that level. But yeah, I mean, my initial 25 minutes playing with it, this thing is impressive. Yeah. Dude, that solid state drive makes all, all the, difference. the difference in the world. And that, that changes it from a 30 second boot up to five to seven seconds. I mean, if anyone knows the old way Windows 7 would boot up where it had the four colors come together to the shape of the flag, on my one computer, which only had like not that much RAM, it would load before they even got halfway to coming together for the flag on a solid state drive. So definitely worth the money to, to get. And, and the price point now for them are so cheap that, yeah, definitely look for that. So uh, uh, Black3 is asking what the model is again. Um, mine is the V110. Uh, it is a it is as far as rugged uh, laptops go. This is about as slim as you're going to get. And it, here's why, um, you know, as all y'all know, I, I travel a lot. I spend a lot of time on the road every year uh, going going to classes, coming from classes. And uh, a lot of times I got to handle uh, business stuff and putting up content on American Partisan and everything else from the road. And I'm constantly trying to um, figure out, you know, what the best pieces of equipment are. And, and I go through laptops. I mean, I, I'll, I heard them. You know, and and um, it, you, it's wear and tear on them and everything. So I bought a, a Lenovo X1, thinking that you know this is supposed to be really good. I've had other uh, Lenovos in the past that were uh, ThinkPads and, and they were really tough. Um, and I'm not carrying a full on uh, Panasonic Toughbook because I mean I've got CF19s and everything, but they they're bulky. Um, they're really slow. They're really um, by today's standards and, and some of the things I need for it to do, they just don't work that well. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, anyway, that, that X one was what I was looking at and I uh, picked one of those up and the damn thing broke. Like I snapped it in half and in, in a couple of weeks, um, you know, just as out of hell with this. So, you know, I started looking at rugged laptops to travel with again and uh G tech, it, it came down to G tech and Dell and, um, Dell makes a really nice one too. I mean, Panasonic makes a really nice one. Um, you know, that, that is kind of the gold standard when you're talking about durability, but the GTAC has the best processor of them all in it. And that's what I was looking at. So kind of rolled the dice. I said, hell, you know, like, uh, the one that I got was 270, I think for a refurbed one. And, um, dude, I, I can't find fault with this. This thing's awesome. So uh, I'm really, really happy with it. It is half the the uh, um, width, uh, the the, the uh, thickness rather. It's about half of uh, what my tough books are. So you can absolutely travel with this thing. It is a little bit bulky, but I'd rather have a bulky uh, but rugged laptop that isn't gonna break in half on me. Um, so you know, uh, anyway. Um, good, good piece of kit, you know, and, and I uh, think, think that's a really good one to, uh, to pick up. 
Um, you know, so that's what I'm going to be running. And yeah, like, like I mentioned, got, got my hands on a Kraken. Um, I've had a Kraken for a while now. I've been waiting on the antenna array for it and, uh, finally, finally got that in. Mine was finally manufactured and got out to me. And so we'll be playing with that. What kind of antennas did you get? I got all of them. So you know how it has the, the, uh, phased array, the Adcock array. Mm Mm-hmm. I got the the elements for uh, VHF, uh, two twenty VHF, and UHF as well. I got everything. Okay, I got all of them. Right on. So we're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna have a full blown uh, Adcock array when we're doing that. Yeah, we're gonna have to play around with that a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, 305 HAD in the comments saying, I thought the FCC made crack and pull the radio. Um, <clears throat> that was published. That was published that, that they were going to do that as of today. And uh, today's date, 6 July, 2023, the Kraken is still for sale uh, because the, the reasoning, the FCC's reasoning for pulling it, uh, or or uh, making a regulatory uh, decision against it was that it is a passive radar and they don't want civilians owning a passive radar. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it does fall under ITAR as well. I see you comment there. Um, but, you know, hey, it, that's that's an area of law that, you know, I'm, I'm not well versed in. So uh, I know just enough. Uh, but you know, anyhow, it, as long as you don't sell it, you're fine under ITAR, so you'll be all right. Yeah, and you can still buy them. Um, you can absolutely still buy them. So I, I mean, I know you can still buy them because the I'm, I'm looking at the website right now. Uh, so you know, you you can purchase them. I don't think that they're super expensive. Um, I think the software could be a little bit better, but that's my opinion. Um, you know, it, it's, it's not terrible, but, um, you know, it, it, anyway, we're, we're going to be doing some neat things with SDR in the near future. I will be carrying them in the store. I've got some, uh, that, that are inbound and, uh, we're going to be offering those. They're definitely going to be cheaper than what you can find on Amazon. Same product, cheaper package than what you can find on Amazon. So, um, you know, it pretty much everything I'm, I'm offering it to our community at a lower price point than what you're getting on Amazon. Cause everybody complains about, you know, Hey, it, you know, who, who is going to take care of Amazon like Amazon, you know, whatever. Well, I'm doing it, damn it. I'm doing it. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, with that said, hour and nine minutes into the show, we, we, I know I've certainly had fun tonight, but it is time to get down to just a little bit of business. Of course, uh, you know, some of the news of today, the Paris situation, the France situation is continuing. It is ongoing. I called it last night uh, with the uh, the podcast uh, that, that we were doing with Angry American and the Tactical Rifleman crew. I called it the European Intifatata. Infitata, uh, there we go. And, um, you know, one of the uh, guys on there, um, Emery is a former Israeli special forces guy. And of course you've, uh, a lot of you have probably seen him on the tactical rifle channel. And we had a very good discussion, uh, about that. And, and, you know, he, he agreed in full, um, 
based on what he knows and, and, you know, what he's seen up close and personal. And, you know, this is, this is definitely something that I think is coming to our shores. Um, you know, we saw the, the situation in Minneapolis on the 4th of July where Somalis, Somalis, these are Somalis, by the way, pointing this out. Okay, these are Somalis that are doing this in the great progressive city of Minneapolis, right? The great progressive city. I think I shot some of their cousins. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, you're close enough to them. You'll probably get another chance. Uh, you know, it's, you're up there in the, the, the great, the great, uh, uh, Northern, the, the, the great Northern climate of, uh, of Jihad. But, um, you know, the, the this, Caliphate. this is ongoing. This is exactly, yeah. The Northern Caliphate, right. Um, but this is ongoing. This, this they, they have sparked their shit storm in france first of course they uh have had uprisings in austria uh switzerland as well and germany and of course the netherlands the netherlands of course the the, the netherlands the, the police in the netherlands are too busy going after farmers for using nitrogen on their crops uh which has had absolutely zero impact on climate change that has been measurable and this is documented science by the way this isn't misinformation for anybody that wants to flag it as such it's documented science right this this is absolutely a fact this has happened and now they have an uprising from muslims who were brought in right they they were brought in they were allowed into that country they have absolutely zero desire to acclimate doesn't this sound familiar, America? Doesn't this sound familiar? They don't want to acclimate to the predominant society. They don't want to change. And so now they're rebelling against it. Now they are rebelling against it. And we, we are seeing the beginnings of this. And of course, it, in small doses, it is morphing uh, into conflict on our shores. Guys, what is your opinions on this? And where do you think this stuff is going? Man, I called it a while ago. I said, watch South Africa, because that's what you're going to end up with. And that's literally where France is right now, South Africa, a year ago. So what does that bode for us? Same thing is just around. Yeah, I agree, Joe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I posted something on uh, Twitter earlier. Like, this whole thing is is not I, – I would not hmm. – all right, let me rephrase it. I was about to say something, but – it's on par with George George Floyd, but it's not the same exact thing. Uh, philosophically, it is, but it's because a non-Muslim killed a Muslim. So, like, when a white guy kills a black guy. So, in that sense, it's similar, but you got to understand that Islam is different in that, like, there's laws involved in that. You know what I mean? Like, And people take that deadly serious um in the u.s it hasn't fomented enough i don't think but uh it's getting there so that's kind of like yeah definitely a preview of what's coming what's coming to the u.s well 
I thought it was or Western bubble. I thought it was interesting the statement that was released by the French police unions. Um, it uses language that you know shows their frustration, and it also points to that once these riots are are done, they fully intend on dealing with the the government itself. Because, you know, the the word in is, if you haven't read it, this is a translation. Um, You know, they say, facing these savage hordes, asking for calm is no longer enough and must be imposed. Restoring the Republican order and putting the apprehended beyond the capacity to harm should be the only political signals we give. In the face of such exactions, the police family must stand together. Our colleagues, like the majority of citizens, can no longer bear the tyranny of these violent minorities. The time is not for union action, but for combat against these pests. Surrendering, capitulating, and pleasing them by laying down arms are not solutions in light of the gravity of the situation. And at the end of it, um, I don't, let me see. Yeah, the end of it, they give a warning actually to the government because I think they're tired of of basically being hung out the dry by Macron and his WEF, you know, cronies. He says, um... For these reasons, Alliance Police Nationale and UNSA Police will take the responsibilities and warn the government from now on that at the end we will be in action and without concrete measures for the legal protection of the police. Um, basically saying, you know, if, if we don't get guarantees that we're not going to get screwed for um, for doing what we have to do to put this down. Um, I, the, the last comment, they say that today the police are in combat because we are at war. That's interesting they say that. And then tomorrow we will be in resistance and the government will have to become aware of it. So basically they're saying we're going to deal with these violent savages in their own words now. And then we're going to turn around and face the government because you guys have been screwing us and tying our hands this entire time, not allowing us to respond the way we should. So that whole letter that came out, I thought was a very marked change in language than what they've had previously. And so I'm curious to see once the riots end, what comes of that on the police side or if it was just them threatening and not actually acting. You know, guys, I'm starting to get the idea that importing people that that it's impossible to vet from cultures that hate you and giving them everything they want might not be such a good idea. Shit, really? Oh, fuck. You mean to say that non-homogenous societies fail? Get the fuck out of here. You know, what's no, funny yeah, is that yeah, yeah. an awful lot of Man, RPGs have uh, an awful lot of RPGs have come out, right? A couple RPG hits of police stations. Uh, you have to ask yourself where those come from. And it might ra- rhyme with the rain. <laughs> just So, <laughs> I just posted something up on AP about it. You know, uh, <laughs> not everybody has Twitter. Um, but I just linked my Twitter post to it. If you watch that interview, it's it's obvious. And the author of the interview, or the the journalist that did the interview, um, he has an interesting background. Um, I'll let you guys do the research because I want you guys to practice because repetition is key. Um, it's, it, I mean, it's obvious. The, that, that piece that CNN put out is blatant propaganda for the revolution that's going on. And Johnny and I were talking about this earlier. The problem with the European Union is that if you have a European Union passport, you can go from Italy to Germany 
and it, you don't need an extra passport. You have one passport to rule them all. So when they hear, oh, France, something's going on in France, all the commies show up to France because it's an airplane and a train ride away. That's an excellent point. So, I mean, that's just how it works in Europe. The U.S. is the same way. State to state, if you have a state driver's license, you can go anywhere in the United States you want, which has happened with the uh, – that's exactly what happened with the George Floyd riots. Summer 11, 2020. Uh, Cop City riots in Atlanta. Thing. How many of those guys arrested were out of state? Exactly. I mean, and that's like the macro level. The micro level is a lot of guys that get arrested in Baltimore don't have Baltimore or uh, Maryland driver's licenses. They're from New York. They're from New Jersey. They're from Florida, uh, Georgia. Like, they're from all over the place. They're not – most of them are Virginia because most people – register their cars from Virginia uh, for like tax and registration and inspection purposes. But the, the whole thing with the European Union is, you know, I had a buddy stationed in Germany at, at Wiesbaden and he was like, I was like, Hey man, you know, what are you doing this weekend? And he was like, Oh, I'm going to Rome. And I was like, Oh shit. Like that's what you're doing with a four day weekend. You're just like going from Germany to Italy. No problem. He's like, yeah, dude, it's a European passport. I was like, what? And then he explained it to me, and I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know that. Like, that's that's a foreign concept to Americans. And that's how it is. So what you're seeing in Europe now is, and diehard communists, that's how they are. They're, it's a nonstop worldwide revolution. And the communists are using the Muslims as their lapdog, you know, as their pit bull, if you will. And... That's what's happened now. Uh, a non-Muslim killed a Muslim, and now there's a revolution. That's why you're seeing rockets. You're seeing what looked to be a car bomb. I saw in one video. Um, it's hard to tell. Like a car rams something and then it blows up. Um, you know, I'm not an EOD guy. I, I've seen plenty of reports from them, so like I kind of get the uh, logistics of how they work, but that looked to be a car bomb. You know, a car rams into a building and then there's a big explosion. I know CGI is pretty good these days, but that seemed realistic yeah. looking, you know, pressure plate in the radiator uh, or on the front, you know, in the, in the bumper, just have a pressure plate in there. As soon as it rams, it blows you. Possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's just, you know, that doesn't seem, that's not uncommon. That happened at Bagram while I was in Afghanistan. We had a, a pressure plate in the, in the grill of a truck and it rammed the ECP. And it blew up and then, you know, woke me up, which pissed me off. But, you know, that's a whole other story. But it happens. Um, so that's a preview. You know, like we're not on France's level because we don't have the – the U.S. is huge, right? There was a – like Italy is the size of California, which is only one state of – Yeah, we don't, we don't have right, like such a huge, large concentration huge. in such a – like in the cities we do, but not – in a whole country why, right. where you're worried about, you're worried about, you know, certain right. cities, but you're right. It's right. So it's very localized. Well, yeah, it's very localized and, and very sparsed out. But the problem is that our Southern border is open right now. And these people are just coming in. And then you have Chinese agents coming in. You have Russian agents coming in. You have IRGC guys coming in, um, which we've caught a bunch of, but at the same time, 
it's like when you when a cop finds a bag of weed in your house it's like all right well how much more does this guy have or not weed but like that's a bad example but you you get the point like if you catch one that means you caught one that doesn't mean you that's all that that usually means how many do well it's it's like you know, when you're doing a study, when I was in high school, I helped do a, a, a study with a, a turtle, and we used to catch the turtles, and we'd file a number or a thing in their back, then release them, and the next year we'd catch back, and based on how many we caught with the mark, we could estimate the population. So you're catching just a small sample. So what is the extrapolation of that sample to the entire population that we miss? Because we ain't getting 100%. Exactly. It's a deer population. Yeah. It's a, yeah, yeah, I get you, but that's what I'm saying. Like, we got a big fucking problem. It, it's that we have so many people who are coming to this country that we haven't. Like, you really think that uh, Pablo Rodriguez is given his real name? Nope. No, he's of course he's not. He's not given his real name. What? And it's Mexico. No. Like, <laughs> I mean. What records do they have? Big farm on top of a fucking mountain in Central America. Pa- Pablo like, Rodrigo checks out. Yeah, I mean, like, and I'm not being racist. Look, I- I've worked with plenty of Hispanic people. Some of them are actually really good guys, and they love the fact that they were able to come to the U.S. and their family lives in a great home, and they get to eat every day. Some of them are good dudes, and some of them, I'm sure. Are really good people. (laughs) (laughs) Millions and millions. But also thousands. (laughs) Not to be Trump about it. But But the problem is that that's a minority. I've worked with like... (laughs) (laughs) I've worked with... (laughs) Y'all are some ass holes. I've worked with guys... Right, so like I don't know, out of like a hundred guys, granted it was only ten of them that I was like, "All right, yeah, y'all are good. Like you're you're good people. I you know, I can tell you're actually a good dude. You just really wanted to get the fuck out of your shithole country. That makes sense. The overwhelming majority, though, yeah, they were total scumbags. So, hell, my. My side job is my side job is catering right now, and we have a guy working for us named Umberto who is a twenty three year old dude, one one nine kids. Like, all right, dude, works is like ninety hours a week. Like, all right, you're you're cool. Like that. Like, so I get exactly what you're saying. It's like I've worked in enough restaurants to be like, yeah, some of them. It's, it's like the, the uh, scene from what's that movie? It's like it's like fuck you, fuck you, you're cool. It's exactly that when it comes to them. It's like. You get those few guys that are good, and then the rest. Yeah, like the one guy, you know, like he invited me to his church, and I went to his church one day. It was a Catholic church. It was in Spanish. So I only got like, I don't know, a 16th of what they were saying. But, you know, I went to Catholic school growing up, so I know the I know the motions. I'm like, okay, yeah, I, under, I comprehend what's going on right now. And, uh, yeah, you know, like there was like a solid 10 of them out of like 100 that were like solid dudes. You know, I went to their house. I had dinner with these people. Um, but like I said, there was only 10 of them out of 100. So 90 of them were gangsters and douchebags. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not trying to play the full Trump card.
but like that's the problem is that and you know I, i'll post it up on ap i gotta find again um there's a really good little uh i guess it was a forum i've never heard of it before i don't even remember the name of it i'm gonna have to do the the search again but it was this guy who went into autistic level of detail on Sharia law. And that's what's happening in France is that non-Muslims are not the same as Muslims in Sharia law. And that's just how it is. And when a non-Muslim kills a Muslim, it's like you have to show what happens when that happens in a non-Muslim dominated country. And the whole purpose of that is to dominate the country with Muslims. And that's what's happening in France. And like I said, the commies are fomenting this because that furthers their goals. If that makes any sense. I know that's a weird connection to make, seemingly, to some people. But some people might get it. I don't know. Not anyway, is, man. No, it's a, it's, oh, so we were talking about this earlier, as Madman mentioned in... He's he asked, what do you think's the next phase? And I'm like, well, they've been at it for a couple of weeks now. Bastille Day is coming up. That's the 14th, I believe. Um, <coughs> so that's kind of like, you know, storm the Bastille. That's like the 4th of July, basically. Um, well, that's for the French. Uh, Bastille Day is uh, for the, kicked off the French Revolution, if I remember correctly. Um, but that's coming up soon. And then, uh, so they've they've been uh, uh, you know at it for a few uh, about a week. They've been going at it hard, maybe maybe nine days or so. I, I haven't been keeping count, but yeah, I mean, every you know, other people are going to get organized and start showing up from uh, from you know outside. I think we're going to see the outside agitators showing up like we had. But at the same time, how they're going to be uh, how many nationalists? Half of them are going to be named Muhammad or you know. With, or with the point of Bastille Day, how many nationalists are going to show up? Because we've seen nationalists walking around with sticks and baseball bats countering the revolutionaries. So I was going to bring that up, and I wanted to get everyone's thoughts with. on that. I, I, the, the response, it was almost like once the police letter came out, it was just like you saw these bands of nationalists. And there was even one video where... They were, the riders were trying to come down a street, and there were people not even on the street out the window just throwing beer by. I think one of you, maybe it was you, Matt, who commented on it. Yeah. Or retweeted like, or whatever. Yeah, me and Johnny would be able to hold off like a couple thousand people on a Saturday night. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just defending their street, and these are like just French people leaning out their window. Like they've had enough. They're done. So it's going to be interesting now that the police are like, this is war, this is combat. They interviewed a police lieutenant colonel who was like, we're in war footing because we're at now. That's a signal to be like, hey, nationalists, get out in the street. Yeah. Like, that's some, that's some good we'll conveniently forget who you are. Yeah, exactly. And the French are true French, just like Americans are nationalists. And you have to understand nationalism as, you know, if somebody was still like, I live in the middle, not really the middle of nowhere, but I don't have any street lights for, I don't know two square miles probably around my house. I live in farmland. I have a couple neighbors that are like, you know, there's a little triangle of houses and there's some houses down the street, you know, probably a couple hundred meters. But if somebody was to like, you know, if Antifa was to come march up the street, we would all come out of our house with 
rifles and shotguns. Like it's it's just not even a question. That's gonna happen. I've talked to the guys about it. Like my neighborhood's solid, um, which speaks to localism. But the French are the same way. They have a long history of nationalism, and I know it's been dead for a long time, but. That's the government. And the government is not always representative of the people, as we've learned in the U.S., that politicians just want to get reelected. They don't care about the national identity. They don't care about the history. They don't care about morals. They just want to get reelected and make more money. Yes, and that's exactly what I'm glad that you saw the same thing, because. When I saw that reaction to him, when we saw the videos of them being like, no, we're like, we're done with this. And the police were just kind of like, I saw one video where these guys got a group of them and we're just beating the cops. And like, yeah, whatever. That's less people we got to beat. Like it, it's, it's getting to, I mean, we talk about tribalism all the time. It's getting now where the tribalism, which always simmered under the surface there between the, you know, these communities, they're now like, this is now into like, this is like ultras fighting in soccer, except now they're like, no, we're this is our this is our fucking nation, and we're we're fighting for it now. You so it's, it's to, nice to see the French get uncuffed a little bit. You have to imagine they might not be, you know, motivated to like I don't know, go to Iraq or Afghanistan and commit as many, you know, troops, men's lives to that as you know some may have wished or, but you know. I don't think, you know, the women walking around France getting harassed all the time and, um, you know, in entire, like, areas being made on essentially, like, unlivable. And uh, it's been going on for, like, 25 years now. So that's, like, a generation that's been talking about, like, the, like, the obvious Islamification of Europe 25, 30 years which has actually been a topic for a long time, but <laughs> that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> but uh, um, the Mediterranean used to be like all piracy. Uh, but yeah. Um, that's why the crusades happened. <laughs> <laughs> the crusades were a good thing, and I'm not afraid to say it. Amen. Yeah, I'm a... Net benefit. I'm a northern... Yeah. Man, I'm a Lombard Italian. Man. I am. Have y'all seen my logo? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. We <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? The whole reason. I tweets the other day, and I was like, I'm going to go watch Kingdom of Heaven. And me and my son watched it, and he was like, he's 12. And he was like, wow. This is that movie, movie is solid. Man, I love that movie. That movie is like, solid. I just this watched that. a really that. good movie. So you, you'll notice something about about the Crusades as as we look at them with the uh, through the lens of leftist historians uh, because they're they're the only ones that talk about it. Um, and what what you'll come to find is is that they look through the lens of revisionist history and liberation theology, both. Uh, components are part and parcel of, of Marxism, um, because that that is what they are indoctrinated to do. That they, they everything to an academic historian boils down to blaming 
blaming history and and uh, specifically Marx's uh, materialist conception of history in Das Kapital, everything is to be blamed on the aristocracy of Europe, <clears throat> right? And so when when you begin to understand that that intellectual framework, you'll begin to understand why they demonized crusades to the degree that they do, because the the Middle East and the Saracens. And the Islamic Empire, uh, which was uh, very, very much alive and well, and had sought uh, its intifada to conquer the Holy Land and the Al-Aqsa Mosque, right, in, in an effort to build that, to bring about Armageddon. This, this was their goal. This is the original Twelvers, by the way, the, the 12th Imam movement. Um, it's never discussed why the Crusades happened, why... Uh, Pope Urban II's papal bull, which was issued uh, in 1215, why that happened? Why did this occur? Uh, why? Why was it? Why was it a unifying factor uh, of all the the aristocratic elite and the ruling families of Europe? Why? Why was it uh, unified now it, when they were at war with one another? Why is it that this was such an existential crisis that they said we, we must go to war and in a unified manner? Why is this? And you begin to understand why that occurred, because they were killing Christians in the Holy Land that were going there as pilgrims, as the pious pilgrims. So we know anybody that's operated in the Middle East knows that Haji is is, is a title of uh, affluence, meaning that you were able to pay the duty to make the Hajj, which is a religious pilgrimage to Mecca. But in the Christian faith, we do the same. We don't in most denominations. We don't make a big deal out of it, but it, it's it's something that we do. Catholics go to the Vatican, of course, but but all of your Christian denominations out there that I'm aware of uh, seek to go to Jerusalem. Uh, we seek to go to Cavalry Mount. Um, you know, we, we want to go to Bethlehem. We want to see the, the birth of our Lord. And so the Saracens, once they took over, uh, and, and this was a result of the, the final withdrawal of the last gasps of the, the Eastern Roman Empire, uh, because it had fallen. Uh, the Constantinople was uh, overrun and had been renamed by the way, and, and now you know it as Istanbul, Turkey. Uh, and, and, you know, they built a city on top of the ruins of the Christian city. This, this is not nice. This is not a, a nice picture that is being painted here. And this is history that they will never, ever teach you because they want you to feel bad that you, you that, that life is a zero-sum game and you are the, the progeny of winners that won. That zero sum game, and they say, "Oh well, they, we we you know we lost, we lost, right? We lost the Crusades, did we? Did we? The Islamic culture still refers to us as Crusaders. To them, the Crusades never ended, right? They never ended. The Battle of Vienna, we we did militarily lose the battles that." eventually pushed us out of the Holy Land. And a lot of that was a political decision as well. 
Um, but they continued on. The Saracen army continued on. We saw this, uh, a lot of your uh, Yugoslavian cultures, so Macedonians, Albanians, Serbians, so on and so forth, Croatians, their ethnic breakdown has to do with specifically with the ramifications of the Crusades. Why are some of them Islamic and some of them are Christian, Orthodox Christian? You ever thought about that? It's because they they are the descendants of that and they're still at war with one another. They will not ever not be at war with one another, right? So in recognizing these things and in recognizing the totality of the circumstances, because you were never taught this, okay? People are never taught this. They're never taught the long-term view of history and it is to your detriment because you do not have a long-term view of civilization. The Marxists did this on purpose, by the way, because if you do not know your own history, then anything they want you to be can be created thus. This is exactly why they did this, and they're doing this now, and they're very blatant about doing this now in the United States. Right? So they want you to be ashamed of the Crusades. Oh, it was such a tragedy, right? It was colonization. They love that. Oh, it was imperialist. It was colonization. Well, let me tell you something. To all of the civilizations of the world, everything is colonization. Everything is an empire. You are either spreading your culture, which is a dominant culture, or you are declining into irrelevancy and extinction. That is the way it works. Preach, brother. Preach. Works. That's how the you, real you world can, works. You can, you, you can sit back and say, well, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't want to be an asshole. I like these guys. I don't like this. Hey, man, I'm right there with you. Okay, I'm right there with you. Christendom. Christendom. You know, we, we have fallen so far in, in our Western civilization because we've gotten away from Christendom. And I think France, France is a perfect paragon of this. Because the revolution of the Jacobins was defeated. It was defeated, but it never really went away. And we, we in the West, are, are uh, in Western Europe, the United States, Canada, um, we are very much part and parcel of the revolution of the Jacobins. People don't understand this. The, the Jacobins were the proto-communists, by the way. It just so happened that Jefferson, Hamilton, a lot of your anti-federalists early on realized the flaws of the Jacobins. And there was some good stuff that they were talking about, but there was also a lot of bad shit, too. Right. And so they said, hey, you know, that stuff was really bad and had some severe ramifications on society. We're not going to do that. We're not we're not going to do that. But as far as as the freedom of the individual. Um, the, the non-imposure of a state religion, right? Marxism is a state religion, by the way. It is a state religion. Tell someone who is a... Marxism is a religion. So is the LGBTQ nonsense. I mean... At this point, part and parcel with Marxism. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, that's what it, it is, what it is. You know, 
that's just, I think we lost Scout. We'll have to fill up some dead air time. But, yeah, I mean, the, the Marxist revolution is part and parcel with the Rainbow Brigade. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it, Oh, yeah. And, and like, they're, like I said, they're using Islam to fight their battles in places that they don't have enough people. You know, they're using the population density to fight their fights. You know, because France is pretty nationalistic. You know, they might be a little uh, subdued, I guess, is a halfway decent term to use. But they're the least cucked, probably, of most of the Western European nations. Well, like I said, their history is very national. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, when you have a culture like that, that's very French, you know, like if you try to, as an American, if I was to learn French and I didn't have the proper accent and went to France, they'd be able to know you're not real French. You're not actually a Frenchman. And they'd hate you. Well, one by looking at me, because like, yeah, they don't like it. But one, obviously, I don't look like a Frenchman. I'm, I'm, I'll dox myself a little bit. I'm, I'm six foot tall, 200 pounds, decent shape, and I got blonde hair and blue eyes. Sexy as fuck, though. Yeah, you're, you're much more handsome than a Frenchman. <laughs> I, don't, I don't look like the standard Frenchman. I look like I was birthed from the mountains of Northern Europe. You know what I mean? Like, that's just... That's just how I am. And when you don't look like them and you don't actually speak like them, because what I learned was uh, I had a really good, and my one NCO that was really, really good, he was, uh, and Johnny, you've heard this story before. He was from Toadsuck, Arkansas. And, which is a hilarious name. But he was a 3-3 linguist, which means that he read, spoke, and was able to write Arabic perfectly. And he was like the dumb guy. Um, he, he's a smart guy. So, and he was kind of explaining the world to me as a, as a private first class in the army at like 20 years old. And... He kind of like laid it out. He was like, look, man, when you don't speak the language and you don't have like, you know, I'm a 3-3 linguist, which means I'm really good. But if I go to a country that speaks Arabic as their primary language, I'm not going to blend in because I don't have the same inflections. I don't have the same accent. You know, like nothing's the same. You, you, like you don't have a throatiness. You don't have enough phlegm. It's like speaking German. You know, German's really phlegmy and really deep and, uh, like, angry sounding. And if you don't have that right pitch, they know that subconsciously. And yeah. French have that. Like, English, unfortunately, you know, I was thinking this the other day. The problem with English is that it's so, especially with the Internet, you know, I saw an article a few years ago that the, the accents are disappearing because of the Internet. You know, you used to have, like, where I'm from, everybody's hun. Oh, it's, oh, oh, hey, hon. That's the accent. 
everybody's hun, uh, everybody's babe, or, you know, like some kind of word like that. But now everybody's kind of like generalizing the English language. And on top of that, it's so specific that it's, you get the letter of the law, not the spirit of the law kind of thing, where like, you can articulate so much on topic with the English language that it kind of like loses the feeling. But with other languages, you don't get that, especially Spanish, you know, like O is for male, A is for female. But English, you don't get that. You have her and him, where it's two totally separate words. Like, obviously, H is common, but the rest of the word is different. And it's pronounced different. It's not used in the same sentences. Um, but French is along those same lines where there's that inflection in the voice. There's the 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 genealogy behind it. You know, everybody, like your larynx is the same length as the ancestors 200 years ago that spoke the same language. English isn't the same. Oh, that's a great point. I never thought of that, man. And this is shit I picked up in the army where like talking to linguists, like the Scottish accent is actually very reminiscent, or I'm sorry, the Southern, the Southeastern accent is very reminiscent of the Scottish, Irish, like UK accent where it's got that throaty specifically like Appalachian yeah so it's like that kind of stuff linguistics is really interesting and yeah like I said and this is all to tie back into France the French accent you know my buddy uh, Bobby who I've mentioned before on the show he was teaching his kids French when they were like uh, like two years old or something and he was kind of like doing the English and French accent or language. I'm sorry. And, you know, he started doing the linguistics of it. And he was like, man, yeah, like the French accent is very specific. And on top of that, uh, you know, him and his wife went to Paris and then they went to some other like small town, you know, suburb slightly outside of Paris. I don't know how many kilometers or miles, whatever, but he, he noticed as an American English speaking guy, you know, the guy's from New York. So he was like, yeah, you know, like I, I kind of noticed, like I heard the same word, but the inflections were different. The, the bass and the, the baritone and the alto, everything was different, slightly different, but just a little bit, but it was everybody. It was really noticeable throughout the different towns that he went to and the cities that he went to and that speaks to the nationalism, you know, like Scott always talks about the Southeast. The Southeast has a very specific accent. They speak like I'm from Baltimore. I'm a Yankee compared to Scout for sure. Um, though I'm south of, <laughs> south of the Mason Dixon line. I grew up in Baltimore city, so I speak faster. You know, when I go to yeah. Greensboro, Everybody speaks a little bit slower, a little bit softer, a little bit baritone, bassy, you know, deeper. And that speaks to the nationalism. Like I, I spoke to my uncle moved down there and we went to visit him and they were like, you know, you Yankees talk funny. And I was like, I mean, yeah, I guess compared to you, <laughs> but like, but the way she said it, it was like so slow and drawn out. You know, 
Which is funny because that's kind of like a Lord of the Rings theme where the ants, you know, the talking trees, they like yeah. anything worth saying it is worth taking time to say, something like that. But there's these little intricacies with nationalism that go way deeper than just a flag and like a constitution. It's the localism and the tradition and the way you speak and the way what you call things like soda versus pop. And there's all these different things. And France has that, but it's not talked about a lot because they have so many foreigners, you know, like they have a crazy amount of foreigners in their country and it's, it's spread out. It's not just in Paris and, you know, like we, Johnny and I were talking, like these riots are not just in Paris. They're in the outskirts, you know, they're in the little towns or villages, whatever you want to call them. And it, it's, you know, because at first it's like, all right, well, is this an, is this a media sensation story, these riots and these protests? But then I looked at the map and I was like, no, dude, these are like, these are spread out by states. You know, this is very, like I said earlier, George Floyd-like. And that's where I'm like, okay, maybe there's, maybe these RPG allegations and these car bomb allegations real like you know like this is this is something else and that's why i posted that on twitter like this is what happens when a non-muslim kills a muslim you know this is what happens when a non-communist kills a communist it's the same kind of mirror image but uh anyway i've been talking way too much this episode that's all i got do push-ups everybody else can talk (laughs) i am back by the way I was rudely cut off by the uh, by the national security agency. They uh, they they shut me down. They were like, "No more bandwidth for you." But uh, no. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to get to working on. It. I'm going to have to um, build a platform to put my dish on. That's uh, going to have a little bit more line of sight, but. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. We'll work on it one one thing at a time, and I'm ch- uh, juggling chainsaws uh, on my end, and I've got got a few that I need to get squared away before I can work on that. It's one of the struggles of living where I do, though. Um, but you know, anyhow, 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 anyhow. Uh, with that said, we've got it looks like seven minutes left on the clock, uh, guys. Real quick, do a round robin what you've got going on for the next week going into uh, this this next work week before the next Sons of Liberty episode. I'll go first because I'm going to be super quick. Uh, I'm right now focusing on cardio for workouts. Um, guys, make sure you're doing your cardio. That way, you know, your heart rate's lower when you got a running gun and get that get that optic on the, uh, onto the shot. Um, it's going to be better for you. And also dry fire. The shit out of, wife, uh, out of your rifles, out of your pistols, and triple check that they're clear when you do so. And that's all. Next. Uh, I guess I'll go. Um, I uh, We just recorded the, yesterday, we recorded the second episode of the Stuck Big Medical podcast. Um, we do it on the, the Patreon as part of the, the classes I do on there. Um, 
And so I got to edit that and get that all all put together uh, so I can get that, that posted hey, up. Um, did you ever get that loaded up on American Partisan? That the first I episode? I sure did. Oh, sure you're the did. man. You're the man. I needed to follow up with you on that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I finally figured out how to do the, the computer thing. Um, nice. And we're already Lighten at 200 K. downloads. Damn. Uh, for good, it being up for man. three days. Yeah, yeah, it's doing really well. Yeah. I'm really, really happy with it. Um, I've got nothing Hell but, but yeah. good feedback from it. Um, the second episode is going to be really good, too. Uh, we had some really good discussion on that one. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, we're doing like a book review of Where There Is No Doctor. Um, and that's going to be the format for a while, going through uh, some some of the recommended medical literature for, for prepping. Because uh, like most, I'm guilty of buying the book and then just kind of throwing it on the shelf and expecting to, uh, via osmosis, learn what's inside of it. So just kind of going through it and talking about it, having discussions. Um, and it's not just myself and uh, our DO friend talking. There's there's other people that get involved with non-medical backgrounds. So you get some of that in there as well. Um, and if you want to be a part of it live, go ahead and check out the Patreon um and you can you can join in on the on the live streams on, on like every other wednesday well i guess i'll go um You're i am preparing pissed. to leave what's that oh i am okay well i'm preparing to leave at 0500 to an undisclosed location in the north carolina hills uh yes, for some more humiliation a little more humiliation no. a little more climbing up and down no nah, hey, it's gonna be a good time actually no, no 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 let me tell you something i was down at the range today there ain't no poison ivy down there ain't none <laughs> i'm telling you this woman me. has threatened my life four times this week okay she said, if you want to go Mac, if you want to go back to Matt's at the end of the month, you better not come with one mark on your skin. <laughs> Man, who's the song you like? You're not running up that, down the ring. Yeah, that was awful. Yeah, it's a bad awful. time. But I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to bring down that uh, that AE2990 for you to play with. I think you're going to like yes. it. Yes. And uh, we're going we're gonna to do all kinds of good things down there. So good stuff. I'm going to have to swear you to secrecy about something when I get there because Stan cannot know about it. It's a surprise for Stan. And uh, and uh, that's kind of what I got going on. I'll be on the Armed Catholic uh, podcast next week. Uh, they kind of like uh, what I say about it's time for Christians to fight back. So good stuff. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. That is good. That is very good. I'm looking forward yep. to you being down here, bro. It's it's been, it, it seems like, it, I mean, it hasn't been very long since you've been down here, but it seems like it's been too long. Uh, we, you know, love me some Joe time, man. Anytime you get down here. Yeah, and I, I'm going to get to hang out with you two weeks in a row, dude. It's, it's going to be awesome. This could be a good month. This could be a good month. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I have the, uh, I have the tactical SIG and exploitation class coming up in August, uh, August 5th and 6th. Um, I've talked about it before. It's going to be a good time. Um, if you're not signed up, man, 
pretty much what the class is is going to be taking the SIGIN course and kind of like scout SIGIN course and reviewing that a little bit just to make sure everybody's up to par because, uh, you know, we're not demanding that everybody goes in the SIGIN course before. But if you have, it'll certainly help. Um, it'll help me for damn sure because I'm not going to have to go over nearly as much. But if you don't know anything about SIGINs, SIGINs or radios, uh, you know, the uh, direction finding and all that, we're going to review that, but and we're going to do practicals on it, make sure everybody gets up to speed. Even if you have taken the class, repetition's key. Um, you might have forgotten a few things. But uh, we're going to kind of put all that together on how to, like, put all of that in one piece, you know, like taking the direction finding, putting it on a map and triangulating it more than triangulating. It really is what you want. You know, the more lines of bearing you have, the better. Um, but we're going to actually be doing that. Um, we're going to be doing some field reporting, um, which is going to be easier than everybody thinks. Um, we're going to use some, some good frequencies to talk about or listen, listen in on that are talking. And, uh, you know, Scout and I are going to be out and about for the practicals and, and giving you guys something to really learn. You know, it's not just going to be um, direction find this one frequency. It's going to be direction find two sides of, of the frequency of the signal transmission. And then... Uh, kind of putting it all together for your uh, neighborhood protection team um, and stuff like whatever you call it, the mag, you know, I'm not going to go down the list, but uh, it's going to be a good course. Um, we're going to get into mostly specific stuff about uh, fighting other insurgencies, I guess you could say, but in like not fighting, fighting, but, tracking i guess is a better term so it, it's going to be a good class uh obviously after class anybody that was at my last one uh i'll talk singing for 24 hours a day i'll stay up all night um scout usually calls it at midnight <laughs> and like hey, i'm going to bed um oh, yeah but yeah you know like it, look if i got a beer in my hand and i'm eating food don't be afraid to like ask me questions um, I'm, I'm a SIGINT nerd at heart. I don't, I'm a construction bro now, but I like SIGINT. So I know I said I was going to shut up, but now I'm really going to shut up because I know there's two more people in here that got to talk. It's all good, man. We fixing to get evicted though. We could do a whole nother podcast. Just saying. I mean, should. that pretty much just leaves me, don't it? You and, uh, Johnny. Johnny had to leave. Oh, he already punched out. Johnny said he had to give him. Yeah. give him. He permission. gone. He's still he still showing the up on button. my control panel. He said, "Fuck these hillbillies! I'm out of here, man." Came lame. Y'all all talking about being down south, and some of you just need to come further south. That's the problem. Nah, what it is, what it is, is Johnny, the last time Johnny was down here, uh, Johnny, Johnny had a little too much fun. And, um, he, he, uh, he ended up having to, to, to go. And, 
<laughs> he had he had a little too much fun. And he uh mm. he was he was hanging out on the couch for a long period of time. And I was I kept going in there and poking him, being like, Hey man, you gonna make it? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna make it. <laughs> so, all right. All right. You know, so whatever he he starts to hear about shenanigans going on, he he instantly gets a a bad hangover. But uh, yeah. Switch. So anyway, <laughs> a flashback. So yeah. Well, I ain't got nothing going on on my end. Just the same thing I always do: work, <laughs> work, work, and work, and. Then when I'm done with that, I work a little more. So yeah, you know, and then the whatever yeah, little bit of spare really time I, there. whatever little spare time I get, it's either taking care of stuff around the house or working on stuff at the super secret retreat location, and uh, that's pretty much all of my time. I got some new videos I want to record, but ain't got no time to do them. I got a couple of fancy new little radidios here to play with that i want to get a video done on after i've yes uh, sir had a little time to uh check them out but so far they are pretty doggone interesting so yeah they uh they they it, that's why i was trying to get risky Crisky in here tonight because um he picked up a pair as well and in case anybody's <laughs> wondering uh, you put it up on Twitter earlier today, as did he. These are the DMF8 uh, DMR radios that I have available on brushbeater.store. A lot of people were asking me for an affordable way to get into DMR because uh, digital mobile radio, it has its pros and cons. Uh, you know, we'll be visiting that for sure in the RTO, uh, specifically the advanced RTO course. And, uh, you know, I know for a fact that Madman is going to be visiting that again in tactical signals exploitation um, because it's something that he knows a whole hell of a lot about. There's, there's a lot that DMR can do for you. There's also uh, a wildly unrealistic expectation of security that goes into it. And I mean, you know, if you're bullshitting with your airsoft buddies. LARPing in front of the, the mirrors or whatever. And, you know, you get in these stupid ass debates with, with people who are equally as dumb as you are uh, on the Internet about, you know, communications. Dude, one motherfucking handheld radio is the same as any other. And if you don't know how to use it and how to how to properly employ it in a tactical environment, it doesn't matter what the fuck you're using. Um, it doesn't matter. Uh, seriously, nah. you, you, you don't know what people... you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. But um, anyway, point is, though, that these are uh, DMR radios that are inexpensive, under $100. This is a good way to get into it and, um, you know, get your feet wet with it. But they're also really serviceable for pretty much anything you want to do. Uh, so with that said, folks, we're running a little bit long here, fixing to get evicted. It is good to be with you. I've got more episodes that are going to be coming up after the Fighting Carbine course this coming weekend. Got some really awesome guests for next week. And, of course, next Thursday for another episode of Sons of Liberty Live. With that said, last call for alcohol. We are being evicted as 
we speak. God bless. Good night. I'll talk to you again real soon. Zensi Scout out.